Srimadhagatam, Canto 9, Chapter 10, entitled The Pastimes of Lord Ramchandra. So we won't recite the verse, but I'll just read it and then the translation and I'll speak on it. This is, this is Lord Ram is speaking to Ravan just before he shoots the final arrow that will slay Ram, Ravan. So what does he say over here? This is 9-10-22. E so Lord Ramchandra said to Ravan, You are the most abominable of the mad-eaters. Indeed, you are like their stool. You resemble a dog, for as a dog steals eatables from the kitchen in the absence of the householder, in my absence you punished my wife, you kidnapped my wife Sita Devi. Therefore, as Yamaraj punishes sinful men, I shall also punish you. You are most abominable, sinful, and shameless. Today, therefore, I whose attempt never fails shall punish you. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami Shri Prabhupada. Nachadaivat parambalam. No one can surpass the strength of the transcendence. Ravan was so sinful and shameless that he did not know what the result would be of kidnapping Mother Sita the pleasure potency of Ramachandra. This is the disqualification of the Rakshasas. Asatyama Pratishthamte Jagadahuranishwaram Bhagavad Gita 16.8 The Rakshasas are unaware that the Supreme Lord is the ruler of the creation. They think that everything has come about by chance or accident and there is no ruler, king or controller. Therefore, the Rakshasas act independently as they like, going even so far as to kidnap the goddess of fortune. This policy of Ravana is extremely dangerous for the materialist. In, indeed, it brings ruin to the materialistic civilization. Nonetheless, because atheists are Rakshasas, they dare to do things that are most abominable. And thus they are punished without fail. Religion consists of the orders of the Supreme Lord, and no one who carries out these and one who carries out these orders is religious. One who fails to carry out the Lord's orders is irreligious and is also and is to be punished. O Magyanati Mirandasya, Gyanjani Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Nama Om Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale. Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashatya Deshatarine Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Krupasindhubhyavacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha 
जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे Hare Krishna. So I'm grateful to be here today and I'll speak of today on this theme of <clears throat> of how there is violence in the epics and how sometimes forgiveness can be cruelty and punishment can be kindness. So normally we think of forgiveness as oh somebody has done something wrong just forgive them. and that's the way we think we should be functioning while that is true on most occasions not always but there are times when if we forgive someone that simply facilitates that person to do further wrongs and therefore the result is that they do not reform rather they continue to do wrong things and therefore it's important to understand uh, what is the right way of acting so here lord ram seems to be speaking very harsh words to ravan so normally people think of god as loving as kind and that is true so there is a theologian who has written a book is called god is not nice <laughs> now that can seem like a provocative title but the idea is that we shouldn't reduce god to like a sanitized conception of nicety so yes god is kind god is benevolent god is our supreme untiring wellwisher wellwisher but that doesn't mean he is going to tolerate anything and everything that doesn't mean necessarily that we can say that god is nice in our conceptions of nice nicety why is that you could uh, uh, i'll take this class in three broad parts first part about is will be about how being nice is not always nice mm -hmm. second part is how god is benevolent uh, and third part will be how letting people get the consequences of their actions is sometimes the most benevolent thing to do mm. so so the first point is that the <clears throat> when we talk about actions in this world so we all think that it's nice to be sweet and kind and that's true but if we consider a child who has some disease and has to be taken and given an injection and the doctor says doctor wants to give the injection the child starts crying no 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 i don't want an injection i don't want an injection i don't want an injection so now if the doctor starts being nice so okay you don't want an injection i won't give it to you then in the name of being nice the doctor will end up being violent to the child so sometimes we have to go beyond nicety to do our duty now of course as a part of our duty we need to be polite and kind and courteous 
But there are times when strong action is also required as a part of duty. So here, when Ram is speaking such strong words, he says, you are the lowest of demons. You are just like refuse from the body. Mm -hmm. You are reprehensible. Now, why is he saying this? It is, you have to, just if we look at somebody's words, then it might seem, why are you using such terrible language? But we have to see the context. See, nowadays is the age of political correctness, where the idea is don't offend the sensibilities of anyone. Yes, we don't want to uh, intentionally, knowingly, or needlessly hurt anyone. But sometimes the truth is hurting, it may have to be spoken. The political correctness is basically what? It is the, it is the ele elevating sensitivity above sensibility. People are more sensitive than sensible. Like a doctor who is more sensitive to the pain of the patient and not sensible enough to give the injection to the patient. So, and it is not even in considering sensitivity, being sensitive more important than being sensible. It is like posturing that I am so sensitive. It is parading to the world, see I am so sensitive, I don't speak like this, I do like this, you should not do like this. And because of this, sometimes the truth is just not communicated. So now Ravan, he, he was the king of the demons. And he was so arrogant, so self-righteous, so proud, that he never was ready to acknowledge that he had done anything wrong. And that's why he had to be spoken to strongly. So it's, uh, for him, his action itself to abduct Sita was grievously wrong. Sita was a righteously wedded wife of some other person. Not only that, as it is said over here, he did not even have the courage to face Ram in a, in a head-on battle. He came behind Ram just like a Kshatriya, just like a dog might steal something from a house and the owner is not there, some food. So he says that it's first of all, we can pile up his wrongdoings. First is abducting some person, abducting a person who is a, already a wedded wife of someone, abducting someone who is in the back, like a coward. On top of that, he was not just a warrior, he was the king. And then after that, to hold on to Sita, he sent all his warriors, generals, relatives, brothers, and even his own sons to death. So, if we all do wrong, there are consequences of that. But the more powerful we are, the more dangerous the consequences can be. In fact, Mandodari, now it's interesting, normally whenever an epic, whenever a story is told, from which angle is the story being told is very important. So, like, the, like say, if we want to, if somebody is to be recommended for some position, say for initiation, we might, if we support that recommendation, we might say that he had problems earlier, but he's stable now. But somebody doesn't want to, wants to disapprove of their initiation, they can take the same points and say, he's stable now, but he had problems earlier. 
Just give the different twist and the whole emphasis changes. So we see the angle from which this is being spoken. So here we see Ram's speech. The Ramayana is a classic, big book. And not just the Valmiki Ramayana is huge, 24,000 verses. But even there are many, many other books further describing Ram's pastimes. The Mahabhagavatam gives only two chapters to the Ramayana. And Shukadeva Goswami says, you have heard this before. And Shukadeva, uh, uh, Parikshit Maha is interested in Krishna because Krishna is the Lord to whom he was directly related. His relatives were related rather. So he just gives two chapters and even in those two chapters, what is his stress? It's interesting, now Ram's words to Ravan will be spoken and then Ravan will fall dead. And then several verses will describe Mandodari's words of lamentation after the death of Ravan. So it's interesting, instead of describing the Ramayana, why so much focus on this one particular event? At one level it is because the whole Bhagavatam is death-centered. Parikshit Maharaj is about to die and if you count, there are a number of characters whose death is not just mentioned but described. So that the reality of death can register in the consciousness and thereby the right course of action for living before we die can be chosen. So here, Ram is reproaching Ravan for the kind of action that he chose. And Mandodari will also lament. She is a wife, so she's, she doesn't directly reproach Ravan, but she laments. And she says, what you have got is a fit destination. She's naturally devastated at her death, but it's not unexpected for her. Because so she says, especially when Indrajit, her son, is killed, he says, oh Lord, he says to Ravan that, you know, the, the fire of the, your lust for Sita has now become a bonfire, has become a sacrificial fire in which you have put as offerings countless warriors. You put as an offering your own brother Kumbhakarna. And now, you have put in that fire your own son. How many people more will you sacrifice? How many people will have to die in the fire of your lust? Just give up the desire for Sita. So, this strong speech she speaks, but Ravan is so distorted in his thinking, he says, that if I had to give up Sita, if I were, if eventually I was going to give up Sita, then why did I fight till now so long? All those warriors who died, eventually when I meet them in the next world, what face will I show to them? If, I, if they ask me, if you are going to give up Sita, then why did you cause us to die? So this is the irony, or this is stupidity of the thinking, he is thinking about how he will face people in the next world. He is not thinking about how he is going to take care of people in this world. He can't face Ram. The writing is on the wall. But not only that, and there are so many orphans, so many widows, whom he has to take care of. So when one has a distorted sense of things, one just doesn't see anything except those things that Go with one's worldview. There's an American comedian who said that, I have already made up my mind 
Now, don't confuse me with the facts. <laughs> don't confuse me with the facts. So, Ravan was like that. And for such a person with a, such a devious, despotic, destructive mentality, there was no way to save him from himself. This is an interesting concept. We need to be saved from ourselves. What does it mean? The soul is here, the body is here. The body and the mind have, by past karma, acquired a certain momentum. Now, we do have free will by which we can, we can slow and reverse that momentum. But sometimes, some people are going in a particular direction so fast that they just can't be saved. So the only way to save the soul from the body and the mind is to separate the two. It is an extreme situation. It is never to be done indiscriminately or as the first course of action. But sometimes the only thing that is going to happen as long as the soul and the body are together, that body is going to be used for causing more and more harm to oneself and to others. So that's why now when Ram is speaking such strong words to Ravan, the point is that he's making Ravan aware in a jolting way of what wrong he has done. Because Ravan is a king, the emperor, nobody is usually going to speak strongly to him. And when people live in their own echo chambers, echo chamber is a place where the only voice we hear is the echo of our own voice. So nowadays many people live in echo chambers because they just surround themselves with people who are like-minded. People who just think like them. Like-minded is fine, but you also need to understand other people's perspectives. So being nice is not so nice because sometimes because it can end up causing great destruction. The person who is destroying, uh, who is hurting or destroying others needs to be checked. So the Lord's actions, if you understand that is a soul, that everyone is a soul, then the Lord is performing a surgery where he's separating the body from the soul so that that soul will not be under the, as you could say, the momentum of the body being impelled toward more and more wrongdoings. So that was the first point, that being nice is not always nice. The second point is that the Lord is always our well-wisher. That even when Ram is, is speaking such harsh words to, to Ravan and is going to kill him with his next arrow, but still Ravan does not, Ram does not have any intrinsic enmity towards Ravan. And that's why after this happens, after Ravan is killed, then his last rites are to be performed. And he has no sons left to perform his last rites. And Vibhishan is reluctant, saying that he's such an evil demon. I don't feel that he deserves to have the last rites performed for him. And Ram says no. He says the soul is always pure. And whatever wrongs he has done, he has got the consequences for that. Now, do your duty so that his soul can go to the next destination. So Ram does not have any intrinsic enmity towards Ravan. There can be circumstantial enmity. 
not even enmity you could say circumstantially the lord can act as if he's opposing someone but even when he's opposing someone he's always the well-wisher of that person so being the well-wisher of that person means that he will always act for everyone's benefit and this dynamic we see very interestingly in the bhagavad gita krishna tells in the bhagavad gita 11.33 that by my arrangement all the enemies have been killed mayai vaite nihata purma meva nimitta matram bhavasavya sachi mayai vaite nihata by my arrangement they have all been killed arjun you just become an instrument in the fight now before this krishna has already said in 5.29 that suhrudam sarvabhutanam gyatva mam shanti mrichati he says suhrudam sarvabhutanam he says i am the well wisher of all living beings so it's interesting krishna says i am the well wisher of all living beings and by my arrangement everyone all the most of the warriors on the kurukshetra war field are going to be killed so krishna is the well wisher of of everyone but sometimes his how he is the well wisher needs to be carefully understood just like we could say at a broad level the government wants the good of all the citizens but if a student is law by if a if say a child is law abiding or a youth is law abiding the youth may get a scholarship to go in college and if the youth is law breaking the youth may have to send to a, a reform institute to a jail penitentiary whatever so now the government government's equality is in its reciprocity its equal equality is not an absolute virtue meaning e- absolutely equal treatment towards everyone so equality means reciprocity this is how you act this is what you will get this is how you act this is what you will get so the lord reciprocates with everyone in fact this is narsajitoda she is coming soon so in the 7th canto that the defining the driving question of that canto is how does how is the lord equal because he is the he kills hiranyakashipu and he blesses prahlad so how is he equal he is drastically partial he favors the gods and he punishes the demons but then there's a bhagavatam commentator vamshidhar he gives a beautiful commentary and he says that at the end of the narsimha leela both hiranyakashipu and prahlad came on the lap of narsimha both got the lap of narsimha in that sense the lord was equal to both of them <laughs> but the way they came on the lap is different because Nars- because hiranyakashipu was fighting and he was terrorizing so when he came on the lap it was the last moment of his life we have a devotee run hospital in india bhaktivedanta hospital so there they have a in the operating theater they have a picture of narasimha dev ripping apart the intestine of hiranyakashipu so patients come over there hey what is this especially some people who are not from a indian background hey, what is this Says, that is the original operation <laughs> <laughs> and what was the result 
says operation successful patient liberated <laughs> patient liberated <laughs> so the idea is that the lord is the well-wisher of hiranyakashipu also but because hiranyakashipu was demoniac the lord brought him on his lap he gave him equal treatment but it's entirely different uh, reciprocation with him and because prahlad was devoted when he brought him on the lap he seated him on the lap there's a beautiful vision of uh, lord narasimhadev where he is got prahlad seated on his lap ekena chakram aparena karena shankham anyena sindhu tanayam avalambyatishthan vametarena varadabhaya padma chinnam लक्ष्मी देवी seated on his lap and in this vision also lakshmi devi is the consort lakshmi devi is small and the lord is very big and sometimes when instead of lakshmi devi this prahlad over there so anyena sindutanayam avalam yatishthan and with the fourth hand vame tarena varadabhaya padma chinnam his hand has a lotus on it sign and he's giving blessings through that so that lord please bless please give me your shelter so the idea is the lord is equal to all but his equality is his reciprocity so he is just as kind to ravan as he is to vibhishan but the way in which that kindness is expressed varies and the last point i'll make is so the first point was that being nice is not always nice the lord is second point was the lord is always the welfare of everyone and the third is that sometimes letting people get the consequences of their actions is the best way to is the is the kindest thing we can do for them how is that one of my friends is a child psychologist and he is telling me that that there are many places many occasions when overprotecting a child can damage that child the parents may want to say that oh, oh you know i don't want my child to get any harm that's true and it, it, it is yes parents obviously don't want children to be harmed but the children have to learn to fend for themselves the children are very small at that time they they need the love that guards but as they grow up they need the love that guides we cannot always keep offering others the love that guards because we are finite beings the world is a big place how much can we can we guard anyone so if if constantly the love that guards is offered so now this is broadly speaking this is generalization but generally it like uh, the mother gives the love that guards and that's see if especially in the infant is very very small at that time the infant is always right that means even if the infant wakes up at midnight and starts crying the mother fondles the child caresses the child but then as the child starts growing up the child okay you don't disturb at night the child says only wakes up at night i want to play no no sleep now in the daytime you can play isn't it so the child has to be disciplined 
So the mother is more, we could say, psychophysically inclined and equipped to give the love that guards. So if the child comes and says, oh, you know, this, this boy in school or this girl is so harshly to me, the mother will console, so everything is all right and things will be all right. But the father is broadly inclined to give the love that guides. The fathers are not very helpful when the baby is just one month or two months old. They don't know what to do over there. <laughs> but as the child starts growing up, then the child needs the love that guides. Okay, you know, sometimes people will be bad to us. And we, we have to live with it. We have to develop some more thick skin. Because how many, how many bad people can we get out of our lives? Even if we get out many bad people, still some people will turn bad also, those who thought we were good. So sometimes the children have to learn to uh, learn to deal with issues on their own. So of course this, this does not mean abandonment and irresponsibility. But responsibility means providing people, providing others the facility to grow. If we we can prevent growth by not giving any protection. We can prevent growth by giving too much protection. So, the point here is sometimes, say if a child does not behave properly, child does not play a sport, prop, play a sport properly, and then other children start uh, chastising that child. And the child goes and complains to the mother, and the mother goes and, or the parent, and the parent chastises the other, other kids. All that will happen is, the kids will start saying, this child is a crybaby, we don't want to play with this child. But the child takes care, okay, okay, you know, if I do this, other kids do like this, so I will not do this in future. So then the child learns. So sometimes we have to experience the consequences of our action to learn how to act properly. And if we don't do, if we are always guarded from the consequences of our actions, then we end up uh, doing those actions more and more, and especially when the children grow up, when a baby is very small, whatever he or she wants at that very moment, that the parents will provide. Baby starts crying, okay, you want, you want milk, you want food, you want this, you want this, immediately they'll provide. But one part of growing up is learning to accept no. The child grows up and says, I want this toy. Well, okay, the parents will say, not now. The child can start crying, no, I want it now. The parents say, no, oh, I'll give you whatever you want. Okay, fine, I think that is love. But then the child grows up, becomes a teenager, a youth, and the child says, okay, I want this partner. And that partner says, get lost. And what does the child do after that? The child has never learned to accept a no gracefully. Then the child goes into temper tantrums, becomes violent, becomes depressed. So, you know, I was just, uh, last year I was at a conference on mental health and spirituality. There, we're talking about addiction. So normally when people have get addicted, they need, they need some counseling and support. But quite often, uh, their significant other also needs some counseling and support. Because sometimes the significant other can, act, can become a codependent. And if they protect them, okay, you know, somebody gets drunk and does all kinds of crazy things and then uh, the, their relative, their friend, their spouse, their brother, whoever comes and picks up all the pieces each time. Then what happens? They get facilitated in doing that wrong. So the codependents also need to need sometimes counseling to know when to not intervene. Yes, generally when we love someone and we see them hurting, we want to help. 
but sometimes our help can cause harm so uh, when the lord he lets the consequences of our actions come upon us he's not being unkind sometimes the consequences of our actions are what are required for us to grow up and that's why his his kindness is in providing us impetus for growing not in simply making us feel good wherever we are so that, so if you understand this you know i'll conclude with this point that nowadays many people think you should have self esteem many people have self esteem issues yes it's is we all need self esteem but what self esteem if somebody says you know you are perfect the way you are right now well that is an extremely narcissistic thing to say isn't it all of us have many glaring deficiencies now it is not that because of our deficiencies we are rejected it is not that we are condemned but generally self esteem comes not simply by feeling good about ourselves as we are but rather feeling self esteem comes by having a value direction in which we want to move and having the confidence that i can move in this direction okay i have these issues but i'm working on these issues and even if we take small steps in that direction say okay i want to become a little more disciplined about this i want to become manage my emotions better in this situation i want to learn this skill better so when we have some direction to move in our life and we start moving in that direction and we need enough confidence that i have it in me to move in this direction so then as we take steps forward that is where real self esteem comes so helping helping someone to move in a valued direction that is real kindness and that is what the lord provides us so ravan is in no is in no way interested in moving in a valued direction right now he is in fact moving in the entirely opposite direction so the lord's kindness comes to him by killing him so that the soul separated from this body in a future life can continue its spiritual evolution and similarly when sometimes difficulties come in our life it's not that the lord is not there with us the lord is not protecting us but sometimes he may protect us by giving us impetuses to move to evolve spiritually so rather than thinking that why is krishna not helping me we can think you know how can i how can i help myself in this situation how can i move toward krishna what is a value direction i can move in this situation and if we focus on our spiritual evolution on the growth of our consciousness toward krishna then we'll find that he will always give us some resource or the other to evolve toward him even if circumstances don't change even if the difficulties remain still some path to move toward him will always be provided and as if we focus on that purpose of evolving toward krishna we'll always find some light no matter how much darkness is there around us so i'll summarize i spoke today on this theme of how god is not always nice that sometimes letting people suffer the consequences of their action is kindness and sometimes forgiveness can be cruel and punishment can be kind so i stop i spoke three main points first point was that that <clears throat> being nice is not always nice so here ram is speaking very harsh words to ravan and 
we may in today's world of political kind political correctness such words might seem very jarring you know you are like human excreta you are the lowest you are reprehensible you this you that but why is he speaking like this we have to look at uh, political correctness means sometimes being sensitive is or posturing about being sensitive is elevated above being sensible so a doctor needs to be gentle and warm with the patient but even if the child doesn't want a medicine take a injection doctor has to give doctor has to be beneficial more than nice and so then the second point, uh, so in that connection ravan has done a series of horrible actions and because of his lust not only has he violated grossly ethical principles not only has he been cowardly but he has caused the deaths of hundreds and thousands of people just because of his selfish lusty desire so this is a in his in the fire of his lust thousands of warriors including his own brother and his son have been sacrificed so he has to be made aware of the gross wrongs that he has done and ram's words are meant to jolt him into such awareness so sometimes the only way we can be saved from ourselves or a person can be saved from themselves is by separating them from the body so the soul from the body because the body has such a strong momentum in a wrong direction that they just can't be stopped and this is such a emergency situation and the second point i talked about is the lord is the well-wisher of everyone even those whom he is opposed to. so he he spoke strongly to ravan and he killed ravan but then when vibhishan didn't want to perform the last rites he told him you have to perform the last rites so the lord's uh, apparent opposition to someone is only circumstantial it is not intrinsic the lord's equality is not a simple neutrality the lord's equality is equal reciprocity the government should be equal to all citizens but that doesn't mean it gives wrongdoers who are meant to go to prison the same facility as it gives to students who are studying diligently uh, uh, to get a scholarship so the lord's reciprocity is seen in the narsimha leela where both hiranyakashipu and prahlad get the lap of the lord but in entirely different ways because their disposition was different and the last point i talked about is that we need to sometimes we need to get the consequences of our actions to grow oh, so overprotected children uh, cannot grow properly so there is a love that guards which is maternal which is you could say feminine and which is needed especially in the infancy of the child and in the later ages of the child the child needs the love that guides so if the child is not exposed to the realities of the world is always protected from bad people bad things life's reversals life's refusals then when the child grows up child is not equipped to face life if somebody is an addict then the codependent keep protecting them from the consequence of the addiction and the addiction goes further and further so the lord does not become a codependent for with us in our material attachments so so when we when something bad is happening in our life and we are praying to the lord if it appears as if the lord is not intervening it is not that he doesn't care it is that he wants us to grow so rather than looking at the material difficulties around us if we can see how can i grow toward krishna in this situation we'll always find some light by which we can keep moving towards him thank you very much hare krishna any questions or comments okay sir so
So, is death also kindness for all souls? Yes. See, death is a forceful reminder of the temporary nature of the world, which forces us to think about the eternal. Not forces, you could say, impels us to think about the eternal. So, basically, unless the temporary were temporary, or unless the temporariness of the temporary were brought in front of us, we would not, never think of the eternal. So, in that sense, death is meant to force us to introspect. What lasts? What counts? What should I really live for? So, Krishna teaches about the eternal world through his words. When Krishna says, time I am, now broadly speaking, time does all three things. Time leads to creation, time leads to maintenance. Without time, we couldn't even, what would you mean by maintaining things, isn't it? Without time, there could be no creation. When, say, we sow a seed and a nice sapling and a tree comes, time has to flow for that tree to manifest. When a baby is conceived, time has to flow for the baby to be born and to grow. So time leads to creation also. Time it leads to maintenance also. And time leads to destruction also. In the Kurukshetra war especially, destruction was what was prominently going to happen. And because Krishna has manifested a destructive form where he says, where Arjuna sees the warriors entering into his mouth and dying. So that's why he is stressing about the destructive form over there. So yes, destruction is also kindness. Because destruction, uh, in, a sense, in a forceful way, reminds us of de death and destruction remind us of the temporary nature of the world. And then they impel us to explore spirituality. And as far as the other warriors in the Kurukshetra war, yes, they all could have had their own karma, by which uh, they, they may not be evil, they, they certainly not, not all of them were evil, the way say Duryodhana or Dushasana were, but they chose the side of evil. So when they died, it was because of their own karma, you could say it is some past karma because of they went to die, and also their present karma that they made that choice. But because they died in the presence of the Lord, they, ye ahave mukharavinde, that you know that, they, because they died in the presence of the Lord, beholding him or being beheld by him, so they attained an auspicious destination. Okay? Thank you. So, thank you very much. Shla Prabhupada ki Granthraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki Daigaur Premanandai.